screaming on a Monday Fever on a Tuesday Cried on a Wednesday Broke every Thursday Hang on a Friday Hang on Man, I really thought I could climb it Guilty delusions, I plead it Easy solutions, I need it Out of illusions This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET I'm Stephen Henderson And I'm always glad that you've joined us Among the generations of innovative musicians Who've emerged from our region I think it's fair to say That R&B sensation Tunde Alonaran Stands apart He's a Flint native A musician with a physical presence That's as eclectic and boundary pushing As his music and this year, he released a new album of personal and entrancing stories on an album called Stranger. Let's take a listen. And joining me now in studio is Tunde Alanaran, the recording artist from Flint. Thank you very much for being here with oh, us thank you for on Detroit me. Today. I love how you're, we're sitting here listening to your music, and uh, you were just sitting there kind of quietly jamming to it. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't listened to the album actually in a few weeks. Is that so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is cool. Who's I'm that? always very curious about people taking in their own art and how they do that and whether they're comfortable doing that there's people who can't you know read their own writing or listen mm. to their own radio show but uh, you seemed you <laughs> seemed like quite you. at ease <laughs> i mean i wanted to make an album that i that i want to listen to you yeah know? and um there's so many influences that uh i kind of keep in me as an artist and as just like a fan of music mm-hmm. and there's just things that i'm like i don't want certain moments that like I cherish to not exist in current music. So <laughs> I wanted to make the songs that I'm like, yeah, you know, I was I was like a, a huge Paula Cole fan, for example. Um, I am also. Very, yeah, very Paula Cole's cool. amazing. And I'm yeah. like, I, I want to, there's a track called Forgiveness on the album. And that to me was like keeping the spirit of what she brought to me as a, as a per, like keeping that alive, you know, yeah. and, and she's still, you know, touring and has an amazing voice, but yeah. Hmm. So so let's talk about where this music comes from. Okay. Uh, it is really different than the things that, that you would hear on the radio or on iTunes or, or wherever. Um, and and it's a, I think the best way for me to describe it is that it's a blend of a number of different genres and influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what comes out is unmistakably... R and B, and it's unmistakably funky. Okay. Uh, so, 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 tell me where this this writing and uh, thought process comes from. Um, it's funny because I think my my biggest love has been like pop music and dance music, and following like a structure that you see in most pop pop music, but putting myself into that, and so I think it pulls it in different ways. Um, so that's kind of how I really approach most most of the of the production and the writing on the album. And for me, it's about like elasticity, you know, with my voice, with with the styles, with what kind of samples we use. Um, I want there to be like 
an extreme element of like sound design. So when you listen to the album, I always tell people, you know, listen to it with headphones or in a car with a really good system. <laughs> There's just things that that I'm putting into the into the production, into into the vocal production and the writing. Um, but then also the writing itself. I don't I try to kind of like let it be a stream of consciousness sometimes. And so there will be things that come out on paper or, you know, on the track that can mean three different things. And I didn't even realize it at the time. And people will come to me and say, does this mean this? And I'm like, wow, that's actually like a really <laughs> intense way for you to read that song. And yeah, that's also true, even though I didn't write it at the time. Like, so, yeah. That's kind of my approach. Wow, uh, the the song we heard uh, to open the, the the segment was "Mountain." Uh, talk about where that song comes from. Uh, okay, so I recorded uh, mostly at my home in Flint, and then at um, a studio called Assemble Sound in Detroit, which is this like renovated, currently being renovated uh, church that a bunch of folks work out of, and an artist named Sibling. Um, he produces for an, at Call Flint Eastwood. We've been working on stuff and we have this running joke of like, what would our country song be if we wrote a country song? And just to kind of like annoy some of the people there who weren't country fans too. <laughs> but the idea of like climbing up a mountain and like, you can't stop when you're halfway. I'm like, oh, that would be such a perfect country song. And so this lyric, uh, where are you going when you stop halfway up the mountain? Like just that idea of like, you have to either go up or fall. Um, stuck with me for a few months. And then when we were writing one day, I just was like, I think this is the, the track. <laughs> this, <laughs> this chord progression is working for me. Let's try to, let's try to write Mountain. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what drew you to music as the way to express these things hmm. uh, that you feel and think? That's a really good question. I think, honestly, like the first part of music that really drew me was the performance aspect of it. Um, and we should be to... clear, your performance is also a huge part of yeah. what distinguishes you from other artists. I mean, I, I, I think it's the the part that is really fun for me. I, I like all of it, but that, that performance piece is really, really fun. And it's the one thing that I know if someone comes to a show, like I know they'll become a fan. You know, it's the one thing I'm really confident in. And um, I think having experienced some of the things that we have and, and seeing where the performance has like been able to take us and take me, um, that's what led me to it. And so when I write, I'm even like, how will I perform this? You know, how fun will it be to do this song live? And that kind of <laughs> like, you know, it dictates a little bit sometimes the decisions I make creatively. What what kind of music were you listening to as uh, a child that, that influenced the way that you write now? I honestly like a lot of just like pop. Um, my My mom listened to a lot of like soul, jazz, um, a lot of the standard jazz, you know, singers. So I, I, I didn't think I was a singer when I was a kid, but I would like mimic everything I heard. So I would mimic Sarah Vaughn. <laughs> I, I would mimic, you know, Etta James. I would mimic the things that she was playing, Sade, hmm. but also Madonna, Sting, you know. Um, but for me as an artist, I got really excited when I heard artists like M.I.A., MIA was someone that like gave me like, oh, wow, you can really just like take anything and just like cut it and paste it together. And it's this cool new new thing. It's this awesome new sound. And so that like opened up a big world up for me as far as production, because I wasn't classically trained or had any like knowledge of how to use logic or Pro Tools. But 
I'm like, okay, I can get on Fruity Loops and I can just do the most basic chopping t- of samples together and like make this song out of it. And I've kind of stuck with that <laughs> like <laughs> mentality. I mean, I probably should be more proficient at this point, but you know, it's it's been working for me so far. Is the writing easy for you or is it tortured? Uh, I think, no, <laughs> it's definitely, for me, I don't want it to suck. I feel like it should be fun and I try not to force it. I think I have a melody, but oftentimes a lot of songs, the ones that are like the most successful um, are the ones that I put off writing until like the day of the studio or we're in studio and like, I don't really do a lot of like, and then and stanza six, like it's not like, (laughs) you know, this beautifully laid out document. It's usually like, what do I want to say? Just like force it out. I remember once I was working on a song, uh, Celine Dion, which is on this album. And uh, Jax, who's, uh, you know, Flynn Eastwood, um, she came into the studio and I was trying and I was doing the thing I shouldn't do where I'm like, oh, this verse just needs to be so like important. Like it's just I, I was overthinking it because I love the production so much. And she was like, I think at this point in your life, you can just get on the mic and just freestyle it. And I did, and that's the verse it went with. And I was like, "You're right. <laughs> I should." <laughs> that's that, better than I, I was getting caught up, it. and I had to be reminded. Like sometimes, just trust that you have like something to say. Trust your experience. You know. Yeah. Do you start with a melody? Do you start with a line? Do you start with a rhythm? Uh, I know um, lots of artists all sort of think of something different when they're when they're yeah. starting to, to to put a song together. With this album, um, most of most of it started with a production, so I would have a sample or something at home that I was working with. Uh, two, two or three of the songs, like there's a song called Miracle that started on piano, um, which I'd never really done before, and then I'm Here started on piano as well. Um, and those, to me, really pushed like my songwriting, and, and I felt, I feel really proud of what we did with those songs. So yeah, Miracle is actually one that I'd never written in that way before, which I think probably is like how classically pop music was written, like piano singer. You just see that. And I had never done it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Tunde Alanaran, a recording artist from Flint. He has a new album out called Stranger, and his really different approach to both music and performance is starting to get a lot of national attention. He had an interview with Ari Shapiro on All Things Considered here on WDET and NPR. The New Yorker also did a very interesting spread about uh, Tunde uh, really recently uh, and sort of highlighting this new album and his new really different approach to the music world. Uh, Let's listen to just a little more of his music off of this uh, album, Stranger. Let's listen to the song Miracle. Don't you know I'm the fifth element One thousand stories high I'm way up on the ledge When the lights go out I am the batteries And I can see the shooters Thank you. 
That is Tunde Alanaran's song, Miracle, off of his new album, Stranger. We are talking to him about his work and the attention that he is starting to get. Um, you grew up in Flint. Yeah. Uh, Flint is a city that has been in the news for for a very specific reason for yeah. the last couple of years. Uh, I, I don't think it's fair to always ask people who are from Flint, wow, what do you think about the water crisis? But I do want to know what, what you think about growing up in Flint, what it was like, and how much the city influences the work that you're doing now. Yeah, um, it's interesting because, you know, saying you're from Flint a few years ago, people would be like, oh, is that like, and where is that? And now it's like, oh, yeah. And like, I know people exactly like, touch your hand and like look deeply into your eyes. Um, yeah, I think that Flint's really interesting. And I, and I had like a really we- weird thing because Flint is like really integrated, but also really segregated and has a super um, working class, highly politicized working class history. So, um, I spent time in the suburbs and I spent time in the city and I spent time in the downtown area and all of those things had their own like aspects to them. I think in the downtown area, it's kind of like the college cultural district and there's like, you really, um, I was around a lot of political activists and my mother, you know, she's to this day, she she is still um, a political activist, a community organizer. Um, so I think that you, I probably was like way more radicalized <laughs> um, than like the average person. Um, but I think Flint is also a big reason for that. And you still see um, the effects of that to this day. I think that the way Flint even organized around the, wa- the water crisis, uh, you don't see it happening in the same way in other places that have the same environmental crises. Like, uh, so I, I think it, the way that the attention and the way that the organizing happened could only have happened in Flint. And I think in a lot of ways it like served in, as an example of how to organize around some of those issues. Um, I think, too, being from Flint, you kind of are like this invisible big city. You know, you, you're in the shadow of a place like Detroit or an Ann Arbor because of like football or, you know, Lansing is a capital. So you have like, you know, there's a lot of resources in Flint, but sometimes you don't always feel like you can access them. Um, I feel that way about Detroit too, though, as an artist. I think that a lot of artists of color um, and independent artists in the city, there's so many resources and there's so many things happening, but none of it like belongs to you. You know, mm-hmm. it's not as of color. So you're all, you're in these spaces that are owned by people that you have no access to and don't even know who they are. And, um, you're just trying to figure out how to like, you know, have your show or do your performance. And, and it's just like, wow, there's so many resources. That you, like, how much of that do you feel like you've encountered that, that those barriers to, oh, a ton. to who you are uh, that you got to get over before people will even consider what your art looks like or sounds like? Um, I mean, I think there's like there's personal ones. I think that like people have people have a barrier like around themselves I, I, I find more than anything else um I just recently did a, a few East Coast shows with this really amazing band called years and years from the UK and it was like massive shows like thousands of people and this like I I, I don't want to stereotype but he just looked like someone's dad he looked like you know maybe in his like 50s you know maybe he brought his kid I don't know and he was like oh man you're so cool like I could never be that cool and I'm like what you're saying is, under that is like you're presenting in a way that is like clearly other to me 
whether it's like how you present your gender, how you how you're dressed, whatever you're doing. And he's like, I could tell there was a sense of yearning, like I'd like to be that free. Hmm. And it's this weird thing where you like feel like you have to be this example of like freedom and just being yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you you do feel like a lot of fear. You do feel like, um, how can I be myself? Am I safe in certain spaces? So this is it's like this weird kind of like duality, I guess. At the same time, you've you come across at least in both the music and the physical performance as somebody who's completely at ease mm. with who he is and what he's trying to say. How do you how do you reach that space given? all of these sort of pushbacks to that. I think that's kind of like being black in the world. I think that, you know, blackness is so attractive to people because um, there's a sense of like uh, joy and like there's this undercurrent of like happiness that you kind of like see in the face of a really surreal existence of like (laughs) all of the stuff that's happening to you and around you and you feel really like, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of danger. There's a lot of like, so there's a lot of things that you're doing in spite of, in spite of, in spite of always. And I think that I just, I I know this makes me happy. So I'm going to like lean into it because I would, I know this makes me happy and makes me feel the most alive. So even if I'm scared of doing it or if I'm like uncertain or uncomfortable, I know the, the alternative is like, what, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. What else, what else could you be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you ever feel pressured to leave Flint and move to the coast? I mean, uh, that's where music gets made. That's where the business is. Would you ever walk away from from us here and say, (laughs) I got to go do my thing out there? Yeah, no. um, I mean, a lot of artists split their time. A lot of artists are moving to L.A. from Detroit who are on the verge right now or splitting their time and going to New York. And um, for me, like the producers that I love live in like – Portugal or Russia or like it's like it's you know so moving to LA doesn't necessarily get me closer to like things that I'm attracted to musically um so I don't feel a ton of pressure really and I'm all, I'm also the kind of person like I just don't like being told what to do so even if someone was trying to pressure me I would be like oh that's cute but does know? that make it hurt I mean now that you're getting this national attention does mm-hmm. that make it harder is there pressure on you to say well you gotta you gotta be uh, with mean, us you know more. you gotta you, you have to take your time and you know spend some weeks out in certain places to me i don't i don't necessarily feel like it means i have to live there and i think ultimately me being happy is most important and i i wouldn't necessarily be happy living in just a certain city you know just because of the industry and i don't want to like love the place so hmm. okay tunde alanaran it is really great to have you with us here yeah for sure. thank have you, you back and congratulations on all the success with the new album. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, I'll be back on Monday. Hope you will, too. We're going to go out on Tune Alanaran's No Enemies. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station and community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you next week. Go lick your You're going to be fine. Healing takes time. Yeah.